The divisional playoff round is in the books, and what a round of football it was. Both one seeds are out, and the championship games are set. Matt and I breaking down the best weekend of football of the year right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. What a divisional round of playoffs it was. People say it's the best weekend of football in the NFL every year for a reason, and this year it did not let us down. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you, breaking down all the action. Who advances to those AFC and NFC championship games later in the week? We'll check back in with the teams that were eliminated as we did last week from the playoffs and um, their outlooks going into the 2022 offseason. But today's focus is on those winners and those fantastic football games at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. Uh, We'll hit some Twitter questions as well later on the week so find us there Matt unbelievable with five seconds left to go none of these four games were decided yet in (laughs) any of those games uh, over the weekend Saturday or Sunday it was awesome but I think we got to start with the one that just finished and most recently in our minds which uh, was an unbelievable thriller with the Chiefs knocking off the Bills 42-36 Sunday night yeah I mean Last week was very cool, you know, super wild card weekend. We had six standalone games, but so many of them weren't competitive, and there were a lot of big spreads coming into those games, and fine. You know, we watched good football. Uh, a lot of the riffraff got eliminated, including my Steelers. Um, this week, though, like you said, everyone was a nail-biter, and this was as good a football game as I've ever seen. I, I mean – as, uh, what happened in the last, what, two or three minutes of play was really <laughs> like pick your two favorite superheroes and have them fight. And, you know, neither one could would go down and just Hulk pounding on Superman or Spider-Man beating up Batman or whatever it was, was these two unbelievably talented quarterbacks just playing great football (laughs) you know i mean unstoppable football both mentally and physically unstoppable and tired defense is trying to deal with them and you know boy 13 seconds left it's not over you know craziness we've got to go to the 13 seconds because that uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about overtime i want to ask you about overtime and your thoughts on overtime but that was the game 13 seconds left the decision to kick it into the end zone, and let Patrick Mahomes start from scratch. Even though it's all the way back at the 25-yard line, that was the mistake. You had to get time off the clock from the kick. You can't kick that ball into the end zone. Maybe you only have one play if you're the Chiefs. Maybe the Bills walk out with that W in regulation. Yeah, and here's pulling back the curtain is – after every Steeler game, I would write a, a recap, a, a really long 2,000-word, my take on the Steeler game um, for the Tribune Review here, a local paper. And I would say of the 17 Steeler games, 10 of them I cited at the end of one of the halves. I can't believe Tomlin again kicked the ball into the end zone instead of letting it bounce around and eat a little bit of the clock off the time off the clock. So this has been something I've been – really paying attention to this year. 
And as I often mentioned, my 15-year-old and I are sitting there watching the game. And as soon as they're about to go kick the ball off, I'm like, you can't kick this in the end zone. Can't kick this in the end zone. Boom. They kick it in the end zone. And, you know, he, he had never thought of that. I mean, he's 15 years old. He goes, well, Dad, what if they're super scared of their return guy? I'm like, so be it. You got to trust your special teams to at least make a play because that's one <laughs> – Less Mahomes play. That's yeah. all I care about. I, I One less Mahomes play. Conventional wisdom is yes, we don't want them to have some special return. They, you know, they sure. maybe they pitch it three or four times, but that is so much less likely than what Mahomes did absolutely and could do and actually did in that game. And as scary as a return guy might be, I don't care if it's Devin Hester back there. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is scarier. Always at that point of the game. When he, everything's figured out and your D line's dead tired and and Reed and Mahomes know every one of your checks, yes, I mean there's nothing scarier in the in the whole sport. I think that is a huge point in all of this. Uh, how tired those defenses were because the defenses yep. stopped existing and it was all offense at the very end of the game, the last two minutes of the game, back and forth, score, score, score. They were not going to be stopped, and that game, w- I don't think either offense would have been stopped the rest of the evening, even if they allowed overtime to be infinite. It would have been touchdown, 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 because yes, that right. was those defenses were so gassed. There was very little defense left being played, and as you mentioned, you know everything about the other team at this point, and and those offenses were just humming. Uh, it didn't matter if you were playing, um, you know, to keep uh, to you're you're playing the sidelines to keep them in the middle of the field. If you're playing, um, you know, uh, an all out blitz. If you're playing back, there 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 was nothing that was going to slow or stop these two offenses, Josh. Allen and Patrick Mahomes and I do get the sentiment that man it's a bummer we did not as fans that's a loss for us to not get to see the response from Josh Allen in overtime and have another chance with the ball but it is on the Bills with 13 seconds left I think in regulation not even the Bills defense in overtime that lost that game so that's what I come back to shouldn't even have been overtime or should have been a lot more difficult for the Chiefs to get in overtime before we even have to have the conversation about coin flips and overtime rules 100% and I've been saying all year on this podcast that I, I have this new theory that fourth quarter defense is dead and maybe that's extreme maybe it's two minute defense is dead because I mean and especially okay, let's say one of the defensive linemen rallies and has a great rep and destroys the left tackle, but then they're not going to get Mahomes or Allen on the ground. <laughs> you know, that's a, Part two of it is just so hard at this point, too, for the defense because they'll move around. You know, they'll buy five, six seconds, it seems like. I mean, those two are just so good at that, and then they can make any throw on the field, and your guys can't cover that long. Um, one note about overtime, and I guess we could talk about what the rules should be. And mm-hmm. frankly, I don't have a great answer. I wish I did. But uh, again, I, I always reference my son. I'm like, whoever wins this overtime coin flip, there's no way these coaches are one, not going to go for it in any fourth down situation in overtime or two, even attempt a field goal. So I told him, I'm like, whoever wins this coin flip, the only way the other team's getting the ball is if they go down on downs because there's no way, even if it's a fourth and 20 situation, you're not going to trot out your kicker and say, 
hey, defense, go win this thing, because whoever got the ball last was going to win. <laughs> yeah, as we learned, the defense was not going to go win this thing in this game. It, it, and, I, and it does, it is upsetting knowing that, you know, gosh, the coin flip probably is going to decide this game. Right. Um, but again. Especially a game like this where, like we said, the defenses were just shot and the quarterbacks are elite, you know, and I don't throw that word around lightly, you know, like no one's stopping anyone anymore. Do you go change the rules because this game, this one game this time would have been a lot more fun and both teams should get at least one shot in overtime? Do you go change the rules now, Matt? Because uh, for the most part, from the numbers I've seen, you know, 52% of the time the coin flip wins. It wasn't that way on this Sunday. But generally, you know, th- this is football. They Player safety, they can't go out there and play forever. Do you just make it in the playoffs? It's a fifth quarter. Does both do both teams need to touch the ball at least once in overtime? I would understand that, but I don't. I think it's an overreaction to say, "Oh, the because of this game, overtime rules need to be changed." Um, this game was an outlier, and at the same time, this game should have been won by the Bills in regulation. Yeah, I, I'm, I, here's my take on overtime in the NFL: is I really think since I started podcasting like 18 years ago, this comes up several times throughout the year. And my response is always the same is I don't like the overtime rules as they stand, but I still have not heard the correct answer. I've heard a million different ways to do it. And some of them might be a little better and I'm not smart enough to come up with the the right answer. But when I hear it, I'll be like, yeah, that should be the overtime rule. I still haven't heard it, but you kind of mentioned this too, that leave the playoff rules as they are for the regular season, but there's too much on the line in the playoffs. I think for this to be the case, I mean, I almost feel like it should be a, a baseball fair up situation, no matter what, you know, like, again, I don't have the answer either, but maybe you're right. You play a whole 15 minute quarter and see how that lands. And, you know, you just kick off again after you drove right down the field, or if you're able to eat most of the whole quarter up with your first drive after winning the, coin flip so be it that's great offense so maybe that is the answer you know you just like hockey I mean I'm not sure many hockey fans are out there but when it goes to overtime in the playoffs you play first goal wins but it's just another period another period another period and maybe you just keep adding quarters on if it keeps tying Play a whole yeah, quarter. because I think that is the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad there's no face-offs. So would that make would that make everyone feel better if there was like <laughs> right, right. you put both a fight put, at the yeah? What if line. you put Josh Allen and 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 Patrick Mahomes uh-huh. in the middle of the field and the ref tossed the ball in the air and whoever wrestled the ball away then right. that then they got the ball. Is it more fair than a than a coin flip at that point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you, <laughs> before playoff games you call up like Hulk Hogan to your. Uh, active oh, squad. Yeah, it's like Game of Thrones. Job, yeah. You 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 select your own champion you to fight yeah. on your behalf. Yeah, so they go, the gladiators <laughs> fight in the middle of the field to start overtime. I love that. Yep, yeah, maybe he blocks kicks once in a while during, during the game. <laughs> yeah, you get Andre fights. the Giant out there. <laughs> oh, my but what goodness. a football game this was! And I'll be honest. I mean, there's a couple of these fan bases, but especially the Bills that I just flat out feel bad for right now. You know, like. Man, this is such a good team. These are the two best teams on the planet, in my opinion. No offense to your Niners or how good Green Bay was all year. But this was the Super Bowl. I mean, could the Chiefs stumble? Absolutely. But, man, it it, it hurts me as a fan deep down that this fan base has to be 
just so distraught today. Yeah, that that was a bummer just to so see good. Josh Allen goes. If you're a Bills fan and you see Josh Allen at the end of regulation, go sit on the bench, get ready to play in overtime, and then the game ends while he's sitting on the bench. That that that's, yeah, that right, can't right. feel great for Bills fans waking up on this Monday morning. Like I know we'll get to other teams, but like Titans fans, your quarterback didn't play as well as the other guy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this one, <laughs> you had the the two best players on the planet going at. It. Like I said, this was two Marvel superheroes fighting that couldn't die, and unfortunately, one had to. Yeah, it was, and it was a first. It was the first time ever we've seen two quarterbacks have at least three hundred yards passing and three touchdowns, and not throw a single interception, and also lead their team in rushing with over sixty-five yards. Uh, wow. it, it's just, it, it was one of those performances that was unbelievable, and and uh, and you realize, I knew it. But after the game, but not until Monday morning when I saw some stats and, and it, what kind of an all-time matchup that was that, that Allen and Mahomes both led their teams in rushing, too. I, I didn't know that until you just said it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, and last note, too, I mean, we can talk about it as long as we want, but I, I, I heard a lot of stats and a lot of people say this two-game stretch by Allen was the best two-game stretch in playoff history by any quarterback, period, end of sentence. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. And he's one and one it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to dispute that yeah unbelievable amazing. unbelievable the, the throws these guys were making uh, the precision with the the just the raw arm talent uh, it was so fun this is exactly the type of game you want to see in the playoffs with two marquee superstar players that i'm sure will be meeting again in january's uh into is this the brady manning for the next 10 12 years I think so. Let, let's, you know, but this, there's another guy in Cincinnati that's kind of popular. Uh, there's another another guy too. too. I want to bring right. up. So there, we had a question about that. I think we might want to bring that up a little bit later. Um, we do have to get to the break here, but I just want to mention okay. the the numbers. Josh Allen, 329 yards passing, four touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. 378 yards passing, three touchdowns with a rushing touchdown, both over 70% on the day. Uh, Kelsey and and Mahomes just undefendable at the end of that game. Just the catches, the toe tappers, um, the the play in at the end of regulation with them. Just He's just yelling at him, do it, do it, do it. And the defense does not know what, what's about to come, and they're going to get into field goal range. And Tyreek Hill, the fastest man on the planet on that oh. touchdown, like unbelievable how Hardman fast he too, was running like away from guys. Yeah. And then on yeah. the other side, Gabriel Davis, four touchdown receptions. Oh, yeah. The game we of his life. That. Eight catches, 201 yards, and four touchdowns. He went home. That's crazy. It took us 15 minutes of podcast to mention the guy that caught four touchdowns. <laughs> That's what kind of game this was. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of other players that deserve mention because uh, these two teams were really fun to watch on Sunday. It is the Chiefs that advanced to the AFC Championship game for the fourth straight time. And unfortunately, the Buffalo Bills do have to go home. Somebody had to go home in this one. Next, we've got three more games to cover on today's show. 49ers advance over the Packers. The Bengals will face those Chiefs beating the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams go to Tampa and defeat Tom Brady and those Buccaneers coming up. How's everyone's New Year's resolutions going? Well, if you put Built Bar in your plan, it's probably going a lot better if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to those resolutions because it tastes good and you'll want to eat it. You don't get the chalky, waxy, flavor of some protein bars out there and and when you want to eat healthy sometimes it gets so boring and by week three of the new year you might be thinking you know what it's not worth it where's the chocolate well guess what built bars are wrapped in 100 real 
chocolate. Most built bars contain only 130 calories. Compare that to 250 calories in most candy bars. There's 30 grams of sugar in a candy bar. How about only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs in most built bars with 17 grams of protein? to keep you satisfied and keep you going. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order of tons of amazing flavors or a mixed box if you're not sure what flavor you want. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So just on that note, we talked about just for a second and, you know, the 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 uh, the, the Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes conversation is that the next great one? And you mentioned what about Joe Burrow? And yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have the chapter one here with Burrow and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Is that something we could see a lot of? But what about in Mahomes' own division? Justin Herbert is gonna Absolutely. be a good one as well. So this is this is gonna be a new era of a lot of people gunning to knock Patrick Mahomes off the top of the mountain. And currently, he is still right there on top of that mountain. And that's going to be a lot of fun with a lot of talented quarterbacks in the AFC uh, coming up. I, 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 these, this is going to be a fun conference for a long time. Unbelievable, yeah. And trust me, I mean, on the other side of it, like I'm sitting here in Steeler land, oh, man, what are we going to do for the next 10 years to even get in the playoffs, <laughs> let alone compete with the rest of the conference? And... Imagine the oh, Broncos the or the Raiders. Like the Broncos right now don't have a head coach right. or a quarterback. They're looking at this thinking, what the heck are we going to do? This is the, and and if you're a if you're a prospective head coach, Culture, do you Browns. even take that interview with the Broncos? They don't have an owner and you've got to you got to face that every year. Right? An onslaught, you know. I mean, brutal. And I mean, those four obviously deserve the headlines right now. But Lamar Jackson's a pretty good football player, too. And Oh, yeah, it hey, doesn't I'll, end with I'll those take... four either. I was just focusing yeah. on where Mahomes is, and he's right. got one in his own division that's pretty darn talented, too, that physically is right there with uh, Mahomes and Josh right, Allen. Right. And the, those are going to be some matchups, too, with the Chargers in the West. I mean, I, no one's better than Josh Allen. I mean, Mahomes won. I'm not saying Mahomes is worse than Josh Allen, but there's no one at this position better. The zip on some of the passes that they're throwing, especially Josh Allen, when he sees it and it's just, boom, it is on Gabriel Davis yeah. in the end zone. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And their feet aren't set and people are hanging off them. I mean, it's bonkers. Let's get to those San Francisco 49ers, Matt, who yeah, congratulations. Uh, were one of, thank you, one of three teams. I mean, these other games were pretty darn good, too, until that game last night. They were all awesome. Uh, every game decided as time expired with field goals traveling through the uprights for their teams to advance as it did in the snow in Green Bay with the Road Warrior 49ers defeating the Packers somehow, miraculously. I'm still not even sure how they've pulled it off, Matt. 13-10, to 10, the 49ers defeat the Green Bay Packers and move on to the NFC Championship. Yeah, um, I mentioned sad fan bases. You know, I mean, it's been a tough run for a team that wins 13 games every year to lose games at home that you're favored. And certainly their track record against the Niners in particular is brutal. Um, everyone's killing Rodgers today, and I guess I get that. I mean, the, the buck kind of stops at the quarterback position, but I don't think this is the reason they lost. I, I mean, I didn't think he played poorly. Um, yeah, he's not won enough games in the postseason. I guess that's the bottom line when you compare him to Brady and the other all-time greats. But 
again, if he wants to change teams and go to your favorite team listener, go. I don't think you're going to be unhappy about it or be like, when the postseason rolls around, oh, damn, we got Rodgers in the playoffs. We're never going to win. I mean, I don't feel that way at all. Um, the keys, obviously, to me, were special teams. I mean, you, the, the weather was a, I don't want to say a, uh, it, it leveled the playing field because that's selling the Niners way too short. They're immensely talented too, but to the point where if you're bad in one phase, let alone give up a touchdown on special teams, that could be enough. And what's going to be a low scoring game. Cause you can't overcome those things. And it's been a problem for green Bay all year, but I also think we're nuts. If we don't give both defenses, but especially your Niners credit. I mean, this was a masterful defensive performance. I thought the weather would potentially play in the 49ers' favor and that it could put that game script in a way that that helps the 49ers, but it turned out the Packers' defense came to play as well. Rashawn Gary was unblockable oh, by, by yeah. Tom Compton in that football game all game long. So it, it even though the 49ers' defense was awesome, um, so was the Packers' defense. And the 49ers weren't able to run the ball and bully the Packers like they had against the the Rams and they against the Cowboys. So when this game in the first quarter, when the Packers had the ball for the second time and were starting to drive again and it was 7 nothing, and the Niners hadn't been able to run the ball and do their thing yet, I thought this could be just a massive blowout win for the Packers. And yet, oh, me too. Right yet, off the bat, I'm like, oh, man, 7 nothing before you can blink, yeah. trouble. And if you stopped the game right there and said, hey, Peacock, what do you think the final score is going to be? And, oh, yeah, the Niners aren't going to score an offensive touchdown in this game. You know, I'm going to tell, oh, I don't know, 41 to zero, like, what, three, 41 yeah, right, to three. Yeah. I have no idea. The Packers scored three points the rest of the game. It was a fourth yeah. quarter field goal. Unbelievable. A lot of that is because of special teams. But the job that the 49ers defense did to continually give the ball back awesome. to the 49ers until they could figure it out in the second half was unbelievable. And um, call it a choke job by Aaron Rodgers. He did not make plays when he needed to at the end of the game. Sure. And um Jimmy Garoppolo made some plays early. 49ers let him down dropping the ball. Then Jimmy tried to become um, the reincarnation of Brett Favre and make these wing and wing these sidearm throws <laughs> yeah. off his back foot to the sideline. I don't know where that came from. Uh, almost threw away the game. Did advised. throw one interception. Could have thrown two more. But then when yes. it when they needed to, and my co-host Eric Crocker always says, look, Jimmy G is Jimmy G, and we talk about him so much, and sometimes it's maddening, and, and for a series he'll look like Drew Brees, and then all of a sudden the next series he'll look like Sam Darnold. And, and that's just good Jimmy and bad Jimmy, and we see that all the time. And sometimes he's hyper-efficient, sometimes he makes mistakes and throws the ball to the other team. But he gets the ball yeah. out quick. Um, but one thing that Crocker always says is, when the 49ers need that drive, and it's time to be clutch, he says, I don't know if there's, you know, I could probably count on one hand at most the quarterbacks I would want rather than Jimmy G. And the 49ers did it again. They needed to drive down and win in the snow on the road against the Green Bay Packers, and they did it, and Robbie Gold's field goal went through. Uh, and the 49ers were able to to come through with this victory, and we've nicknamed Jimmy G, Jimmy W, because all he does is win. And it's, it's kind of <laughs> it's tongue-in-cheek, but there's something to it. And, and everyone believes in him, and it doesn't always look pretty, but the 49ers continue to win. And, and, and this, this run has been pretty crazy and this will be an all-time run on the road if the 49ers are able to get all the way to the Super Bowl and win this one but it's special teams it, it came down to special teams and going into the week the 49ers special teams hadn't been good yet either this year I think they were no, 27th right. in DVOA but the Packers were dead last and I thought okay everyone talks about the three phases how important really is special teams if the if the one seed the team with the best record in the league the Green Bay Packers had dead last the worst DVOA 
special teams in the NFL and still were the one seed. How important really are special teams? And, you know, because if they had the 32-ranked defense, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. If they had the 32-ranked offense, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. But they had the 32-ranked special teams and were still the one seed. So how important is special teams? It turns out, well, if they're that bad, it's still pretty darn important. One thing I think about in the playoffs that's very true in just about all sports, but certainly football because I know more about football, is if you have a major weakness, it's going to pop up in, in the playoffs. It doesn't mean you're going to get eliminated mm-hmm. because of that weakness, but you're going to have to overcome it. And special teams have been a huge problem all year. And you mentioned football outsiders. That's all, that's the only thing. I don't watch special teams tape. I go steal their DVOA numbers and say, Come oh, on, this Matt. Really good. you got to put in the work. You got to put in the yeah. time with the special teams tape. Okay. Right. I mean, they're sitting there with my stopwatch for hang times <laughs> and snaps and all those good things. Um, but I do steal this off football outsiders, too. They believe that if you cut up a football team in 10 pieces of a pie, the value is five of those pieces are offense, four are defense, one is special teams. Mm. I think that's a good way of viewing it. That checks out. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Makes sense to me. Absolutely. This is how bad the Packers special teams were. Um, and, and first of all, really, the, the the name that doesn't really get spoken about is is Jordan Willis. So Jordan Willis on the field goal block at the end of the first half, which was huge for the 49ers. Jimmy Ward got the block, but it was Jordan Willis who was lined up next to Jimmy Ward. He chopped the offensive lineman's arm who was supposed to get an arm on Jimmy Ward to stop him from getting through. So Jimmy okay. Ward got through free because of the chop. I mean, that was a great you know, that was coached up. I'm sure they saw something on tape mm-hmm. and it was it's really hard because it happens in an instant and it was the perfect chop and he was able to get his arm down and Jimmy Ward was was in clear and was able to block that field goal. So Jordan Willis really was the reason for that. Jordan Willis was also the guy that walked the center back into the punter and blocked the punt, which ended up being the 49ers only touchdown. So Jordan Willis, a part-time player, Niners traded a sixth rounder for him, uh, comes up huge on special teams and made the two probably biggest plays in the entire football game right there. So uh, big props to a guy, Richard Hightower, 49ers offensive or special teams coordinator, who I think a lot of 49ers fans were clamoring to get fired, and he might have this uh, this offseason. Uh, maybe he oh, saved his job. So, uh, and Jordan Willis had a really big game, and his name won't go mentioned, I think, on, on a lot of podcasts. So I did want to mention that stuff. one. But this is how bad the Packers special teams were. Not only did those two things happen, but on the game-winning field goal for the 49ers, the Packers called a timeout even before that field goal, yet still... The Packers only had 10 men on the field for the punt block on the game-winning field goal by Robbie Gold and the 49ers. That's how bad yeah. the special teams were for the Packers. They didn't have 11 guys on the field for the game-winning field goal after all of that. Pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add to it. I think that's a really good synopsis and digging into your favorite team and understanding the value of a, a guy like Willis that I liked coming out of college but never really shined as a true you know, starting defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good stuff. I also thought it was really good analysis of what you know how you you and Crocker laid out Garoppolo too. Like a lot of people, I always bring back the Steelers. I don't want Jimmy here to be our quarterback next year. He stinks. He's no good. He does some things really well. It's just his bad points show up mm-hmm. in a pretty glaring light as well. Right. Yeah. He's more good than bad. And the bad will be maddening. And you'll be upset that he's not a top five quarterback in the NFL. He's not going to be Allen or Mahomes. But at the end of the day, when you're sitting there in the playoffs and you have a winning record, um, 
you'll feel pretty good about that you have that quarterback, even if you're side-eyeing another one of these young, talented quarterbacks in the draft that maybe needs to be the next guy. So uh, there will be a market for Jimmy Garoppolo, for Jimmy G. His winning percentage isn't uh, aberration. No, no. Uh, and and being well coached and having a good defense that sure, continually sure. gives him the ball back, you know, complimentary football, running game, all those things, it helps. It, it's very uh, uh, people have been calling him Eli Manning this off season because it does feel a lot like the the New York Giants type of run that he's not Peyton, sure, he's, sure. he's more an easy he's an Eli, right? But you can still win with them and you can win a championship. So that's where Jimmy G and the Forty ers are in the NFC Championship game. Matt, they'll be facing the Rams. Let's talk Bengals over Titans, Rams over Bucks next. An incredible app that anyone who buys gas needs to know about get upside our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up super easy just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now and use promo code touchdown and guess what you can get an extra 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill up so that's 50 cents cash back on your first tank don't pay full price at the pump anymore get the free get upside app Promo code TOUCHDOWN for 50 cents cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making two, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets put right into your bank account. Super easy. Uh, you can put it in your bank account. You can put it in PayPal. You can buy e-gift cards with it. Whatever you want. There's no catch at all. You open up the app. You find the gas station you want to go to. You claim your cash back, and you go get gas. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. Matt, to your point about two-minute defense not existing, we saw that in the Rams and Buccaneers game. And darn near saw another epic Tom Brady comeback. Like if, if the Chiefs and Bills didn't happen, we'd still be talking about how, oh my gosh, can you believe this almost happened with Tom Brady again? 27 to 3. He almost brought them back. But again, it was a lack of defense late in the game and a big armed gunslinging quarterback that was able to make a throw and put his team over the top. And it was the Rams after Matthew Stafford found Cooper Cup multiple times to win that football game with a walk-off field goal, 30 to 27 Rams over the Bucks, and it is 49ers Rams part three coming up at SoFi Stadium next week. Yeah, I thought Stafford played awesome. I mean, it's amazing. It's kind of like the Gabriel Davis conversation. You know, Cup goes nine for 183 with a 70-yarder. And, you know, he's one of the stories, but not the story. Um, However, if you told me in a divisional round playoff game, you turned the ball over four times against Tom Brady and still won, I'd be like, ah, I think we can't. I don't think we can print that novel. It's not quite believable enough, right? You know, and <laughs> and the <laughs> fact know. that none of those turnovers were a Stafford interception, which has been biting the Rams all year long. Absolutely, I thought he played great. I thought his receivers are really humming, including Odell and Higby, and Aker still looks great. Um, Brady started slow. I mean, to say the least, and you could tell he was without his weapons. But in, in two major themes here to me were. Boy, was Tristan Wirfs missed, and mm. the protection was a big problem. And as well as he moves in the pocket, he still didn't have a lot of room to operate and, you know, got hit and got the, the bloody lip and Von Miller's killing the left tackle and they're trying to help the right tackle. And um, the Rams almost gave this game away in a historically epic fashion. <laughs> I mm. mean, 
all I mean, it was getting to that point like, boy, would this be the choke job of all choke jobs after really controlling the action. And it didn't get to that point, which is I guess is good. Now the Rams get to host the NFC Championship game and maybe the Super Bowl, which is pretty unprecedented and cool in my opinion. And I also wanted to throw out too, you know, if you think about the the big moves the Rams have made, you know, Stafford, Von Miller, Odell, even Ramsey, you know, these guys that they're just giving up draft picks and cap space left and right for, well, they showed up pretty big. I'm glad you mentioned Wirfs. Uh, there was no yeah. loss, I think, felt more in these playoffs than Tristan Wirfs. Tom Brady was by far the least pressured quarterback, the least sacked quarterback in the NFL this year, and he was under constant duress. And I think, you know, the Rams do have a good defensive line, Miller and and Aaron Donald and Floyd, and they have a lot of good players there. But um, it it was the loss of Wirfs that really really was the nail in the coffin for Tom Brady and uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. and then looking at the weapons, too, they're running screens to Gronk, who can barely move. He looks like he's <laughs> right. 70 years old out there. I was like, that's going to be your offense? You're trying to get Gronk in space on a tight end screen? Uh, that's how bad it was for the weapons for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's pretty miraculous, and they needed a lot of help even to come back in this game. They, they were just undermanned. They limped into the playoffs, and they looked great against the Eagles, but uh, they, they found some uh, they found a real opponent here in the Rams, and uh, they, they, the Rams were just clearly the better team on this day. Yeah, I know we need to move on, but I just want to throw out a little shout-out to Mike Evans, though. I mean, he did a lot of work against Ramsey. He was the only show in town and still had a pretty strong game, but they needed another one of those guys. And worse. Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey. How They are always open. Always yeah. open. It's unbelievable. They are always open. I, it, that those two guys, it blows me away right now. No two wide receivers in the NFL would I want on a third down on a big play. You need a guy to be open for you to throw the ball to. Kelsey and Cup. It's unbelievable. And as you said that, I know one is a WR and one is a TE next to his name, but they're not used all that much different. No, they're both big <laughs> slots. <laughs> they're pretty they're, similar. Th- that is a new position in the NFL. It's the big slot, and they are both big slots. Yep, and contrary to some popular belief, Cooper Cup can just beat people with speed, too, as you showed. Oh, he's got I mean, burst. He can run-go uh, yeah. routes. It, and, yeah. it, if you go look at his combine numbers, go look at his combine numbers. His really whatever good. it was, 4640, was not great, but his 20-yard shuttle, his three-cone was absurd. He's got short-area explosive quickness. He This guy gets open. It's not because of anything other than pure athleticism in, in a lot yeah. of ways. And savvy. Special so player. So, it is the Los Angeles Rams who have a, 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 a home game that will probably look a lot like a road game. You talked about SoFi Stadium. Uh, there's going to be as many 49ers fans, if not more, in that stadium uh, Sunday and, and, and for the Super Bowl. This is, uh, this is good for the 49ers, I think, and we'll get into a lot more of that as it pertains to uh, the Rams and the 49ers and those NFC and AFC championship game matchups next week. But the final team that will be in... The final four that we haven't talked about yet is those Cincinnati Bengals. Again, another walk-off field goal. And if Saturday, uh, those early games Saturday now feel like an eternity away as um, it was the Bengals who were able to defeat the Titans on the road, 19-16 in walk-off fashion. The rookie kicker, a fifth-round pick looking like, and actually I think that was the first thing the Bengals' Twitter account 
tweeted after the game because I think they took some grief in the draft for drafting a fifth round kicker was that was a pretty good draft pick and uh, apparently he said I guess we're going to the AFC championship game before he even made that kick so uh, props to Evan McPherson, who's uh, got ice water in his veins, apparently. Um, four of four on field goals. He hit the game winner. Uh, Joe Burrow was phenomenal in this game as well, uh, even though he didn't throw any touchdown passes in a 19-16 contest. It is the Cincinnati Bengals that are going to the AFC Championship game, man. Really fun to root for this team. I'm glad you mentioned McPherson because I- I'm on this massive text thread with all my good buddies from high school, and of course they're all Steeler fans, and you know, I've been hearing this all year, but really during this game, oh man, Burrow's going to dominate the division for the next decade, which I don't disagree with. And then, you know, halfway through the game, one of my buds is like, oh, great. The Bengals got the next Justin Tucker too, as if that hasn't been a pain <laughs> in the ass for you know, the AFC North. It's like, oh, great. <laughs> and he, that's what you feel like with these guys. They're clutch. You know, hey, look, the, the Steelers had a good run. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had a real good run. <laughs> but Burrow and McPherson, when it matters, game on the line, that's a pretty darn good pairing. So let's just say I told you before the game that the Titans would average 6.8 yards per game. Remember, teams lead the league at like six. And they would sack Joe Burrow nine times and probably could have got five more. That have two rushers over 60 yards and, you know, 140 yards on the ground in pretty impressive fashion. And A.J. Brown would have 142 yards receiving. You'd be like, wow, they probably won by 30. Nope. And everyone's going to blame one guy. But I think I'm joining that train. Tannehill killed him. Uh, Tannehill was not great in this game, um, no. but Henry wasn't Henry either. No, uh, when, when I saw the reports pregame that he they should have stuck with Foreman after uh, he looked better by a lot. Right. Um, he 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 outrushed Henry with one one carry, basically a forty five mm-hmm. yarder. Uh, and Henry wasn't the same. It, it was you know it was sort of cyborg Henry. He had screws in his foot still. And when I saw pregame that he was going to have a metal plate in his shoe as well that's that tells me right there he shouldn't even be out there so luckily he didn't Mm -hmm. get hurt more and hopefully he didn't but um and i get all hands on deck and you know he's been working to get to that point but it wasn't the henry that i think the titans needed in that game aj brown had a great game five catches for 142 and a touchdown but really um you know Tannehill throwing three picks it it was just not enough um and I, i loved the way that the the Bengals are using Jamar Chase and you know they're handing him the ball out of the yeah. backfield it was only one carry in this game but they did it last week too and you know some Debo Samuelish usage there and we're going to start to hear a lot of that in the offseason though this is our Debo Samuel every team's going to think they have that guy um, we'll see how that that works out but you know Jamar Chase short catch and run stuff deep stuff um, he's just such a dynamic weapon for Joe Burrow and, and that's got to scare you know everybody else in the AFC North seeing that connection just grow and grow throughout Chase's rookie year and just how cool and how um, confident Joe Burrow is to go make plays and, and he wasn't amazing in this game but you know he was efficient enough um, didn't throw a touchdown pass did have the one interception obviously this was sort of a, an ugly game was sort of a slugfest for the most part before the the excitement of a game-winning field goal but um, well-deserved well-earned by the Cincinnati Bengals and they were they were the better team on this day they were I, I... For their sake, I was a little worried early on. Like, you're not quite finishing drives the way you should. You know, I mean, this is a playoff game on the road. Tennessee's going to get things f- figured out on offense. You need to start putting these guys away. Um, but you're right. I mean, Chase is obviously a special player. 
a special and powerful mover with great acceleration. Higgins is really good. I mean, if Higgins is your Robin to Chase being the Batman, yes. you're in really good shape for a long time. And I don't think anything that this Bengals team has done in the playoffs is fluky or oh, that's a cute little story. You know, no, they're a really good football team. <laughs> no, they're they're good. I, I think they might yeah. run into a buzzsaw next week, but um, they're a good yeah. football team, and they're only going to be getting better. Uh, Jesse Bates, just a phenomenal interception. Yeah. Like his uh, his ability to be a ball hawk is 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 one of the best in the league and and, not, and i'm glad he's going to get the the limelight here because not a lot of people talk about how good jesse bates is um and for the titans dj they were, reader really showed oh up on yes defense thank too. you yeah. reader too yep. amazing living in the back really both interior defensive lines uh, oh, simmons, simmons on but, right and that was what was amazing for the Bengals. they they were they were losing they it's like okay go, joe burrow go in this game guess what you're not gonna be able to run the ball because you are going to get destroyed Destroyed. With by your offense, your offense line is going to get destroyed in this game, and you still got to go win it. Um, and that's why Tannehill is going to get so much heat because it was set up for the Titans' offense to go win that game because the Titans' defense did their job, and it was you know Harold Landry was living in the backfield. He had a one and a half sacks and a tackle for a loss. Simmons just dominating all day long, three sacks just living in the backfield. DJ Reader did an awesome job on the other side for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Autry, one and a half sacks. You know, just everybody was involved there on the defensive line. They were dominating up front and continually gave the ball back to the Titans offense, and the Titans offense let them down. Yeah, it's basically the way it went. I mean, Simmons had three sacks and three tackles for loss. You know, again, they had nine sacks. I mean, there was a dominant defensive line performance. Didn't have to blitz much, didn't matter. But there's some, you know, chinks in the armor with this Tennessee team. I mean, they had a good year, though. They had a good year. Very good year. And it is the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game. They will be on the road at the Kansas City Chiefs. It will be the San Francisco 49ers on the road in Los Angeles against the Rams. One of those two teams will just hang out and have back-to-back games at SoFi Stadium in the NFC. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, Matt. We've got plenty of time the rest of this week to break down championship weekend. We're going to get to some listener questions as well. Hit Matt and I at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter with those questions. We will check in with those teams that were eliminated in the divisional round of the playoffs and their outlook for the 2022 offseason as well with some guests on the network for both teams that are in and out of the playoffs coming up this week. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way. For your second listen, you can find me on Locked On 49ers. You can find Matt on Locked On Dynasty Football. Your boy Q on Locked On Bets. Peter Bukowski doing Locked On today every single day. Your team, no matter the sport, is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.